Working some situational ball, some short yardage and goal line, significant areas of play, areas of play that we need to focus on, and obviously work to be dominant at. Um, you know, when you win those situations on offense, you get new sets of downs, or you're ringing the scored up scoreboard up by seven. And on defense, you win those downs, you get off the field, and that's where good defenses spend a great deal of time. So. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, Mike Tomlin was talking about situational football, goal line short yardage, and, uh, uh, you know, they've got to tighten it up on uh, goal line short yardage. You know, they've got to come off the ball and... Uh, well, that's that's a whole nother matter, Chalooch. Yeah. You know, uh, you look at the the state of football today. Right. Uh, goal line and in low red zone, that sort of stuff. It doesn't remind you in any way, shape, or form of back in the days right. of yore, my friend, when you and I were out there as large prairie mammals romping around on the field. Right. No doubt about it. Now, yeah. look. Before we get started, though, I got to ask you some questions because okay. I woke up. You know how sometimes you know, like um, in night shift, uh, Michael Keaton, Billy Blazjowski. Yeah. You know, you got things bouncing in your head, and like, oh, you got to write down these questions. Yeah. Because you're like a little bit goofed up, and you're like, you know, uh, call Starkist so you could feed the the tuna fish uh, mayonnaise. You yeah. know, while they're still alive. Put mayonnaise in the can. Exactly. Feed. Mayonnaise, mayonnaise to, to the tuna. tuna. There you go. Yeah. It solves. You have these great things solved. First of all, you just handed me another question. How, Gadzooks, how in the world is Keith Richards still alive? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. This he, guy's a chronic smoker. This guy was getting blood transfusion back when you and I were teenagers. Yeah, when he was uh, uh, addicted to heroin, he had uh, his uh, total, he went to Switzerland and ha- had all his blood. Uh, transfused, transfused, you know, and it, think and, about that, Chalooch. Yeah, I mean that's that's no little bit of yeah. you know thing. This yeah. is like a big deal. Yeah, you know. So how does this guy stay alive? Yeah, you see him uh, sometimes on. I see him on these rock concerts. Yeah, play down in Cuba. Yeah, he's down in Cuba. He's rocking away. The guy looks like he's 117 years old, right. but he's killing it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just killing it. Yeah. So I don't know. That's a question that just bugs me. Frank Sinatra said he was warmed over death. <laughs> and who's dead? Huh? Yeah, Frank. Frank's dead. Right. But Keith, he's still going, man. Smoking cigarettes. How he old is he? He did give up drinking, though. How old is he? Um, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I should have. Well, it just hit me while we were, you know, yeah. watching this. But it absolutely kills me whenever I see him. I go. That's unbelievable. You got people. He was a heroin addict. He was a chain smoker. He was a alcoholic. Uh, uh, alcoholic, and and he, he's still alive. He's still alive and killing it on stage. Yeah. When you watch him, yeah, and I just, I there must be something to being a guitar player, right? You know, a rock and roller, a musician. Somehow yeah. they live long. 
But certainly, I sit there and I, I just don't understand. If anybody out there has a clue as to why Keith Richards is, or how he has stayed alive right. as long as he has, I would love to hear it because it absolutely mystifies me. Yeah, staying alive. Yes. <laughs> staying alive. All right. So here's another question okay. that, that just bugged me, right? I woke up, I'm thinking, going, after all we've watched in training camp thus far, okay, right. not only – has Chase Claypool risen to the top, right? right? It made me wonder, how is this guy not just a first-round draft pick, how is he not a top-ten guy? You know, uh, I think that uh, he was raw in college and because he came out of Canada. Uh, and, oh, uh, Canada. Canada. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it was he, he was raw, and, you know, some guys – get better at every level. Right. And he's gotten better at the, the NFL than he was in well, you know, he was great in college, but there were so many receivers, so many fast receivers, so many athletic receivers. This was a a thick draft in receivers. And so, you know, he wasn't uh in the top uh, 10. How was he not? not I mean, when you see well, we, what he's done, and here's the thing about it. Well, we thank we were, we're oh, th- yes. very we're thankful. Very, we're very thankful, and I think providentially we can thank God Almighty yeah. because this this young man is a real gift to Ben and that offense. But, you know, what, I, I keep going over the number. Just the sheer force of his physical stats. Right. When you talk about somebody almost 6'5", somebody almost 240 pounds, somebody who can run a 4'4", somebody who's got a 40-inch vert, somebody who's got that wingspan, that catch radius yeah. that you talk about. Yeah. Chaluch, those are magnificent numbers. Yeah. And now he's starting to put those together with did you see him running some of those routes? Right, yeah. He, he caught two long passes. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and a three-yard touchdown pass from Mason Rudolph. But he went over James Pierre and got his feet in bounds. Uh, it was the catch Is that of the on day. the pool report? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's important. Look. Well, but I saw it. Yes. No, I no, saw I saw it. it. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm, 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 I'm just joking around here. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, understand. We're just kidding. All right. Okay. <laughs> Don't get sensitive on me now. I'm not sensitive. I am not sensitive. <laughs> I'm just I'm you know, just you looking sound at just you. like Jerry uh, Seinfeld yeah. when you start pleading your case. <laughs> I'm not sensitive. I'm not sensitive. <laughs> Boy, did Jacob, did he sound like Seinfeld there? I mean, come on. That was absolutely a perfect Seinfeld rendition. Yeah. <laughs> I tried, to, I tried to. I tried to. I tried to mimic Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> that was tremendous. Uh, so you look at Chase Claypool. Yeah. And and you know his route running, uh, his strong hands. I mean, catching the ball. Yeah. Uh, catching the ball over James Pierre, who I kind I like him. Yeah. I, this this young guy. Yeah, James Pierre. Uh, he makes you sit up and go, hmm. Yeah, huh. I, I might pick him for my camp. Phenom. I might pick him first. Hi. Yeah, one, two, three, shoot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the, you know, he's the one uh, that he's shown, the one guy has yeah, stood out. Yeah, that stood out, and and uh, that you can see from the stands. Yeah, yeah. He, he has stood out and stood out so that you can see from the stands. But I would say this, Chaluch. You know, when you look at Chase, I, I just the 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 sheer force of his physical abilities 
to me, says not, he should have been a first-rounder, and I'm right. glad that he's yeah, – yeah. He, but, but a top-ten guy. I mean, this guy is so physical. When, when you club a guy who's man-pressing you, and when you club that guy so hard that when you leave the line of scrimmage, that guy is there no more. Yeah. Uh, he's not in front of you. <laughs> that's that's pretty impressive yeah. for a wide That's no China doll. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Ben had a big day. Chase had a many catches. Juju had a great day. Deontay uh, Johnson had a great day. Yes, he did. And, you know, and, and, you know the, the offense is uh, looking good. That's looking good. We're gonna we'll move into that as we go along here. I want to stick with the questions because I want to I want to percolate uh, uh, your yeah, brain. Or percolate okay? my brain. All right, so we've got yet to figure out how Keith Richards has lived this long. Right. I, Second question. All right, is how Chase was not a top ten pick. Right. All right. If anybody can answer. Okay. Third question I got for you. All right. This is another one that has nothing to do with football, but it, it just mystified me. Okay. A South African duo broke the Guinness World Record by singing karaoke songs for a total of 35 consecutive hours. Wow. Are you kidding me? Jacqueline Britz and Rhinus Lotz of Mambella, right? They initially planned to sing for a full 48 hours. Yeah. They only made it to 35 due to exhaustion. Now, the questions I got to ask, and it beat the record of 25 hours. Right. What can you sing for 35 hours? Well, uh, I-, I can sing number of songs. Okay, you can go about seven but, minutes. You know, uh, I, uh, maybe maybe have ever, eight. Have you ever sang karaoke? Um, like got up in front of people, or yeah. like at church? Yeah, yeah, because church is like it's like my one buddy was a Catholic guy. He came and he he went to the Bible chapel one time. You know how they put the songs up on the screen and yeah. everything. And he goes, "Wow, that's like Christian karaoke." Yeah. <laughs> but the fact is, you know. Um, well, have you ever sang karaoke? Not, you know, nothing like. I gave you a karaoke machine for well, my your kids birthday. Sang. All right, I did sing with my kids. Yeah. All right, but that's just you know that's with the kids when they were young. Yeah. And they they all. I've never sang karaoke. They all came to the same conclusion, Dad. You're not very good. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, duh. But the fact is, when you think about it, 35 hours. I mean, does that include? Do, how do you have? I'm sorry, but a bathroom break. Uh, do you have to sing? A song where um, somebody sings the first line while you eat, <laughs> you know. I mean, thirty-five hours is thirty-five right. hours. That's sheer exhaustion. Yeah. So I have no idea how, how they did it, but they did it. Thirty-five hours, new Guinness World Record holders for a couple singing karaoke for thirty-five consecutive hours. You there know, you go. mystified. Yeah, you're you're mystified with that. Well, and I... How do you, how do you do that? I, I'm sorry, it's just something that just kind of grabs you. Okay, here's another one. How was Kevin Dotson not picked to go to the combine? That's well, we weren't picked to go to the combine. <laughs> True. Yeah, we weren't True. picked to go to the. Combine. I understand, but in this enlightened age, when you see a guy like Kevin Dotson with the tools he's got, yeah, he is, and what he's done, I was. First of all, I was impressed by his practice. Totally impressed. Um, second of all, because for a number of things. Number one, he's a young buck, right? Yeah. Number two, he just came off a knee injury. Right. Okay. And then number three, his Zoom call afterwards was equally impressive. Right. I love how the young man comported himself. I loved his demeanor. I loved his confidence without being arrogant. Yeah. Um, I, I loved the um, the 
competitiveness he exhibited, you know, yeah. when he, yeah. you know, both on the field and in his conversation without, again, going to over the line into arrogance. I, I, I like this kid a you lot. You know, I, I, when he talked about um, going against Stefan Tuitt and Cam Hayward, and he said that gave me a lot of confidence. Right. Yeah. And why would that be? Yeah. Because he played well against them. Well, and when you play well against those two, all right, they're very comparable to some of the upper echelon to the best in the NFL that you're going right. to face. Yeah. It's like when we face Joe Green, Dwight White, LC. All right, you're not going to face much Steve better. Different us. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That was one of the great training grounds for us back right. in the day. Yeah. You know, because uh, let's face it, Harvey uh, too tall. Too tall was was hard because he was what six nine. Yeah. All right. But, you but know he what? gave you his chest. He gave you his chest, and LC was quicker up the field than too tall was. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, those sorts of things. Uh, LC played with a lower pad level than yeah. too tall did. Yeah. LC didn't give the chest quite as much as too tall did. Yeah. You know, I mean, but so you got great training grounds from the people you faced in practice, and you couldn't ask for better. Yeah. You see the point I'm getting at? Yeah, I miss LC and Dwight. I know. Yeah, you know, I, I miss them. You know what I loved about uh, Dwight, we, too, yeah. was he and the plumber going at it on the yeah. bus. You, do you remember, um, I think it was in— The Ralph Berlin, our trainer. You're right, the trainer. The plumber. We would be riding the bus back on Saturday from the stadium to the hotel. You know, yeah. we had to go from, uh, you know, we'd, we'd go to the hotel, do our special teams meeting, go on to the stadium, get our workout in, and then it was first bus, second yeah. bus, as soon as you could catch it. Yeah. And you had to shower. Yeah. Because if you didn't shower, then all the guys were like, you know, be yelling at you yeah, and stuff, embarrassing Plumber, you. yes, a Dwight White didn't take a shower. Dwight White didn't take a shower. Oh, he's stinky. He's a he's stinky. You know that sort of thing. So the guys be ranking. But the best part, you get on the bus, and those two would get up and and say things about each other that, I mean, you couldn't print. Yeah. You know, I see. It was hilarious. I see his uh, widow Karen White time to time. Oh. She lives up on Mount Washington. Oh, I didn't know that. And I see her walking her dog. And she she is such a sweetheart. Oh yes, she's such a. Sweetheart. Well, she'd have to be to yeah. have to be married to Dwight. Dwight, the Mad Dog White. Yeah, yeah. What a what a great guy. I yeah. miss I miss Mad Dog, and, uh, and I know I that you LC. you too, Elsie. Um, there's just been so. Do you realize? I think we're somewhere between eighteen and twenty guys that we played with that have passed. Right. That's that's rough. Yeah. Okay. What's that? Uh, uh, we're going to take a break. What is Jake? Yeah. Is it time for break? Yep. Yeah. All right. We're if gonna you listened, yeah. All right. Get this stuffing out of your ears. Okay. Well, you know, Jake's I, over I, there. I was, Give us I was a countdown. So, I was so. Uh, tuned in to your conversation. I forgive you of everything. Yeah, I I, okay. I I was tuned in because you were given. A lot of uh, uh, questions, and uh, I didn't have answers for them. And I was, I was. Think- I got more, baby. I was thinking. Stay tuned. I was thinking about. I was thinking about Keith Richard. How can he still alive? So you're gonna be up tonight, yeah. you know, and at like two a.m. Uh, you're gonna be sitting there going, Keith, Keith Richards, he's still alive. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. Uh, and we're in the locker room, and he's uh, giving questions. <laughs> I got questions no one yeah, can answer uh, right now. Uh, we're going to be back after this. She's a good girl. 
Loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl, she's crazy about Elvis, loves horses and her boyfriend too. It's a long day Living in Reseda There's a freeway Running through the yard And I'm a bad boy Cause I don't even miss her I'm a bad boy For breaking her heart Just another good football day, man. Uh, and those days are getting scarce as we push into September. We recognize that we got to get stadium ready. And so we're working with a great deal of urgency. Question. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. Stadium ready. Stadium ready. But you can't get stadium ready without the preseason games. Uh, you know, I, I just think that when you go to the first game, you're going to be out there, and the rookies are going to be, wow. you know, Right. But you know what? The, at least he has done something yeah. to give them a sense of this is how it unfolds. You yeah. know, you've run through a night practice uh, yeah, as yeah. a home team yeah, and as, then as, as an away a, team. As a waste team, yeah. Exactly. And, and it's – um. You know, it, 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 that's the way Mike works and puts them in situationals. Absolutely. Yeah, situations. Scenarios. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, well, you know, when you played Sweet Caroline, right. uh, Nick Consoli said How about said that? That was tremendous. Due to the COVID-19, Swiss <laughs> Sweet Caroline is banned. There, there will be no touching hands. Reaching out, out, touching me, me touching, touching you. you. Sweet. Girl. Okay. Yeah, and it can't me. be sweet Marsha, yeah, as we yeah, learned, because yeah, he yeah. needed a three-syllable. Yeah, yeah. You know, so a name, not yeah. a two. Nikki. Th- th- Nikki's that, great. That was yeah, awesome. That, that's Way sorry. to go, Nick. Yeah, you they, get real points for yeah, that one, buddy. Nikki, you get points. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so questions that I woke up with that were just kind of like pounding around in my right, board, okay? Right, 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 right. Now, if you know the answer to these, if you have an idea or a thought about this, you can call us at... Right, 412-919-1316. Man, the boy is sharper than a bowling yeah, ball, I'm you, telling you. Yeah, you, but you, you, you had a brain... I blanked. A brain freeze. <laughs> Thank you. You threw me a lifeline, man. All right, so, so the number's 412-919-1316, and the questions are... How is Keith Richards still alive? Yeah. All right. The man looks like one of the orcs from The Hobbit, right? right. I mean, he's he's still alive. Huh? Tom Petty, he looks like a clean-living dude. He's gone, yeah. right? I mean, he had big did, teeth and everything did, did like that. Tom, did Tom Betty, Petty— I think he had a heart oh, attack. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's unfortunate, but, yeah. you know, you look at Tom Petty. He looked like he was kind of athletic. Yeah. You know what I mean? Amongst, as far as lead singers goes and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Does Keith Richards look in any way athletic to you? No. 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 I mean, when, when I saw he him. He looks like skin on bones. 
I saw him up close at Super Bowl 40 in Detroit. Right. The Stones were the halftime show. And I'm telling you what, he looked like a marionette puppet. Yeah. You know, like there was a puppeteer that was, you know, operating on him. He had this and moving and that and moving. The fact is, Keith Richards is still alive. God bless him. Yeah. I mean, you know, glad for him. And he's tremendous musician. I mean, his mark in, in the music world, right. his guitar playing and everything else is tremendous. But it's just mystifying when you look at what he's done. done. Yeah. it's So, anyhow, that's one of them. Huh. All right. Now, the other one was how did Clay, uh, Chase Claypool not just maybe be a, a first one. round, yeah. but a top 10 guy? Yeah. Uh, it's, again, mystifying to me because yeah. this guy is beyond anything I perceived yeah. You know, when I said this guy was top shelf Canadian bacon, because right. he sizzles, baby. Uh, I ain't kidding. Is he from Vancouver? Uh, I think he's British Columbia. Vancouver. Isn't that Vancouver? Vancouver's yeah, British Columbia. British Columbia. Yeah. I, I can't remember. I could never remember whether Van, Vancouver. It, which is the state? Well, they they don't they have provinces. provinces yeah, they don't have so, states. Well, which is it? Is it British Columbia is the city or Brit- is it Vancouver? British Columbia is the. Province or province, the city? And Vancouver is the city. I can never keep that straight. Because you had the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Okay, so all right, good. I heard Vancouver is the most beautiful city in North America. Really? Uh, yeah. I, I, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I want to go to Vancouver. You know that in Alberta, that Lake uh, Banff yeah. or whatever, that, that's supposed to be. Lake cool. Louise. Lake Louise, oh yeah. yeah. Lake Banff. Banff is the town. Banff is the town. Lake Louise is the lake. I have problems with Geography is not my thing. Math and geography are obviously not, you know, priorities to me. Okay, so the next question we had, too, was um, Kevin Dotson. How was Kevin Dotson not a uh, – how was he not invited to the Combine? And, of course, you know, the teams have to, I guess, vote on who they invite to the Combines. But – from and the Steelers were the only did, ones that that did, is it is it inviting? Um, yeah, the, you know, they, yeah. I mean, because you, you don't have to go. You know, like you know, that's what I told my kids. Oh, I, I I was so good. They knew. They just knew I didn't have to go. Of course, my kids didn't believe me. But <laughs> the fact is, when you look at it, um, Kevin Dotson was the Steelers uh, put his name down as one they wanted to have come participate. Really? Nobody else did. Yeah, really, absolutely. So Kevin Dotson has come in and done something that I thought was rather remarkable and that he really catches your eye just on one day of he's practice. He's a squat monster. He's, he's very physical. Right. Oh, is he physical. I, I love that. He is a close-quarter combatant. Like, this is this guy's sumo good. Right. You know what I mean? I just – I like his demeanor. I like his – uh, aggressiveness. I love his strength through the core. Right. You know, I, you he, know he and Zach Banner had a great push on. Uh, I, I don't. I don't know who the defensive tackle was, uh, and they pushed him off the line. Mm-hmm. And then he uh, uh, came off on the second level on the linebacker. Kevin did. Yeah. Wow. Excellent. Yeah. Well, the you know the thing about it is, this young man, he's just so strong through his core. Yeah. Um, when guys would spend, I, wa- I was watching him go one on one with Carlos Davis. Carlos Davis is—he he started to show up yesterday. He had he got Derwin Gray on his heels several times, and of course they had a nice set too. It was nice to see. You know, I, I know that, and I hope in the pool report they talk about the little skirmish between Derwin Gray and and uh, 
you know, and Carlos Davis. But it was it's good to see a little aggressiveness. Yeah. You gotta have a little bit of that, okay, the alpha male come out every now and then. Yeah. You know, and it's kinda like it's kinda like a tornado or a hurricane. It kinda dissipates all the negativity and stuff after a while. It's good. And you get that stuff out. You don't want it carrying over the locker room. You don't want it carrying over to the hotel or anything like that. You want to make sure you, if you got yayas with somebody, you get them taken care of on yeah. the field. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. So we've got that. We already had the uh, karaoke. A couple of them from South Africa, uh, you know, guy and a gal, went 35 hours straight. To me, that's mind boggling. Yeah. Mind boggling. I, I can't imagine. Here's another one for you. Now, this one you got to put your thinking cap on. How does Randy Feetner get more touches for Benny Snell? Because. Benny Snell is really looking good. I mean, one of the things, one of the guys that has started to stand out through training camp right now. Benny Snell. Yes. But uh, James Conner is better. There's no question. You know, James Conner had a touchdown run yesterday. He did. And he he, uh, lowered his shoulder, and uh, it it was good, powerful, and then fast. Excellent. But Benny Snell has been showing me some things. And I, I, like you, am a big James Conner fan. Right. But I'm also looking and going, you know, maybe running a guy until the wheels fall off isn't the best thing for James. This may be one of those. He's a feature back who might need to be featured a little less in a sense of how could you take advantage of a guy like Benny Snell who's reworked his body, who's started to show up and make some excellent runs on his own self. And one of the things I was starting to think about was – you know, I know nobody's going to run it, but the split backs like we used to run. Right. Now, one of the things out of it is the ability to maybe combine, say, a Jalen Samuels with, say, a Benny Snell. And Jalen is capable of playing H-back, of playing slot, right. slot, you know. Yeah. And those sorts of positions might, you know, with Benny in the backfield, oh, that's – there's something there. I yeah. mean, that's a possibility. That could be something that they work into the mixture. Yeah. You know, especially in this Randy Feetner slash Matt Canada day and age of, yeah. you know, a little bit of extra stuff going on. Benny Snell uh, is fast, and he's, uh, you know, he's much better at juking this he is. year. Yeah. He's got a little bit of the zig than the zag, wouldn't yeah. you say? As Myron would say. As Myron would yeah, say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, so what I, I I Do you like my idea? Is it yeah, is it conceptually yeah, yeah. something you right, like? Right, right, right. It, it's uh uh it's conceptually um insightful. Uh <laughs> you know, I I'm just uh, See, I'm, I, I'm that, just giving I you a compliment. I thought that was a little bit of bing backhand. Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I, no, I, I was giving you a compliment. Well, thank you very much. All right. You know, Benny, uh, you know, right now he's the number two running back. Right. And so, uh, and he's fast and he cuts well. uh, And um, he bounces it out uh, very well. And, uh, you know, when he presses the tight end and the uh, offensive tackle and he he bounces it out well and he cuts it back well. You know, the thing that uh, kind of captivated me this is the the ability to get some guys involved um because there are a number of guys here that are are exceptionally talented right i mean from james to benny to jaylen and you've got mcfarlane who that's yeah. another guy yeah, that he didn't practice yesterday no he didn't practice yesterday but another guy that has shown some life in the uh training camp thus far and it's interesting 
because you know he he's, he's got that speed, and it sure would be nice to see if you could take advantage of some of that speed. But okay, next question, and if you've got an answer, four one two nine one nine one three one six, and here you go. How can you release? That being the Jacks Jags, how do you release Leonard Fournette without so much as getting a happy meal in return? Yeah, I mean seriously, I mean nothing, nothing for this guy. Who picked him up? Did anybody pick him up? I haven't seen yeah. anybody pick him up yeah. yet. I mean, yeah. like I said, not even a happy meal. Yeah, you got to at least get a happy. Do you ever have a happy meal? No. Oh, it's nice. Happy meals are good, you know? It's like you feel, it's like comfortable. Yeah. You know, they give you a little apple, too, you know, I mean, instead of, because they, they, they're much healthier than they used to be. Yeah. You know, you got the chicken uh, dip, you know, thing. You can dip them in the stuff. and So, I mean, at least get a happy meal for the guy. Fournette was the guy that ripped the Steelers' defense right. for how many yards? 200 and some yards yeah. a few years ago, yeah. three years ago. Yeah, but they, they dissembled that team. Yeah, they, they did. They dissembled that team. I, I, I don't know. You know, first they fired Tom Coughlin. I think that was a big mistake yeah. because he uh, he was, uh, uh, you know, f- uh, he accosted Jalen, uh, you know, the cornerback, and yeah. he, and he, he said uh, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, Jalen yeah. Ramsey, and you, you know, he was Jalen Ramsey was causing trouble. Yeah. Coughlin said, "We don't get it." Yeah. You know, we, we don't we don't have this problems here. And Tom Coughlin is He's an old school guy. Yeah, he's an old school. You know, I mean, that's the one thing about it. Omar um, Khan fired him. Omar did? Yeah. Oh, the not Omar Khan. That's the the the, the Yeah. Uh the, Khan. I, I can't remember uh, oh I can't remember his name. Yeah. Yeah, not Omar, because Omar's with the Yeah, Steelers. right, 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 right. He had me totally confused but there. The 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 uh uh the I, owner the yeah. owner. I know, Khan. Yeah. yeah, I can't remember his first name. Yeah. But the point being is um, you got uh, – where are we going? Oh, all right. We were talking about the fact that uh, with split ba- – or Leonard Fournette. Good grief. All right, Leonard Fournette. I still don't understand how somebody wouldn't trade for him, and the only thing that leads me to believe is the uh, fact that this guy has some real trouble yeah. issues. All right, that he's, you know, he's not a happy camper. And wherever you put him, he's not going to be a happy camper. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. Um, I remember Corey Dillon. Saheed Khan. There you go. I'm yeah. glad. You know, the thing about it is when you Google, you, you're totally lost in conversation. You know, I'm sitting here. Shahid Khan. Okay, thank you. Know, you. We got wait, the owner of the Jacksonville yeah, Jags. You know what? All right. Wait, you know what? Uh, um, when I was walking in Jacksonville two years ago along the river, I saw his yacht. And the the guys were uh, cleaning the yacht on uh, on the deck, and I said, "Is that Khan's uh, uh, yacht?" He said, "They said yeah." And I said, "Could I come on?" And he said, "No." I said, "I know Mr. Rooney." <laughs> Thank you for that bit of info. You know, it was funny. Yeah. Hey, Jacob. How about when he starts Googling? He's gone. I'm like trying to ask him something. And he's. Well, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to, I wanted to make sure. You, uh, I understood you that. You do that too. Where, no, 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 no. You I don't do Google. that too. You're a Google monster. Come I, on. I'm not a Google monster. You are too. Yeah. All right. So we got one more question. All right. Well, we'll have to wait because yeah. we got to come back after this. All right. The number is 412 919 1316. Look, I didn't even have to Google that. Yeah. Yeah, but you had a brain freeze. 
That was the other segment. Yeah, that's the other segment. All right, we're going to take a break. He's Wolf. I'm touching. You're in the locker room. You know, it's a known fact that office of office of cohesion probably takes a little longer than defense of cohesion. The timing and the and the ability to, to get a sense of that timing and work collectively is much more important. And we've had a number of guys miss time due to natural things that this process presents. So, um, you know, it's good to see those guys coming together. And I'm not surprised that maybe sometimes defensive collective maturation happens a little faster. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, Mike was right. Uh, you know, the offense uh, is slower to get cohesion than the defense right. is. Uh, because defense, you can fly around and make plays and rush the passer and blitz. Uh, but the offense is very tactical, uh, and uh, you know can't be like the animals over there on defense. Yeah, you yeah, have yeah. Some class. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You don't bit a bingham like yeah, yeah, in front yeah, of everybody. You don't gotta be an animal. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, uh, but the uh, the offense. Uh, you know, my I, I don't think I, I think the Steelers' offense is going to be ready, but I'm. Curious about Joe Judge's offense, uh, the Giants. Uh, I I wonder if he's going to run what they ran in uh, New Dallas. England. No, I think New- they'd run. I think Dallas. Yeah, is what yeah, but do. yeah, but uh, uh, you know, because you got the Saquon Jason Barkley, Garrett, like yeah, you got down, yeah. and, you know, the kid. But they down ran in the Dallas. ball. They they ran the ball in New England. Well, yeah, right. But I I don't with a fullback. Right, I understand. I just in my mind, I'm thinking. That uh, Jason Garrett might do the Jason Garrett thing. Right. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me that um, uh, all the elements he had in Dallas basically are there, you know, in in New York. But you got a young quarterback. Yeah. That um, I don't know. But we'll continue along with the things that um, make me go. Mm, I don't understand. Right. Yeah. Because there's one last question already. We already had. How is Keith Richards still alive? Right. Yeah. How do a couple sing? 35 hours of karaoke. Uh, how can you release Leonard Fournette without so much as getting a happy meal in return? How do you? How does Chase Claypool? How was he not a top 10 pick? And how was Kevin Dotson not picked to go to the combine and finishing up with uh, what we've already done? Is how Randy Feeder gets more touches for Benny Snell? But the last question, and this, 
To me, this is really the most bedazzling. How did the Steelers' defense, think about this, come away, and we know the answer, but we don't know the answer in this sense. How did they come away last year with 54 sacks, 38 takeaways with an offense that averaged 13 or 14 points a game, never scored 30, played without Ben, uh, Bell, and Brown, was uh, without Juju much of the time, played with the lead for only a fraction of the season, and finished the season without James Conner. How do they do that? Well, you know, there's a lot of athletes on on uh, the defense, Splain. Uh, Bud Dupree, right? Uh, T.J. Watt, Cam Hayward, uh, and uh, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, and uh, Joe Hayden. Uh, Joe Hayden was there, uh, and uh, Steve Nelson, and Mike Hilton was on the slot, and Cam Sutton uh, came in on dime, and uh, they he they moved him around. I I was watching him yesterday. Uh, he was playing uh, uh, free safety. He was playing the slot. He was playing corner. Uh, he They used him a lot yesterday and in several different positions. And I think that he's going to be better off uh, for that. You know, and, you know, and even as you say that, it still makes me go, wow. I mean, the third string quarterback. But here's the thing. You know what it reminded me of a little bit? Right. Remind me a little bit of the 76, was it 76 Steelers that lost Bradshaw and all their offensive weaponry in the defense they had like five shutouts that year. Right. Yeah. Now, this this is not the same. It's not equivalent to, but if kind of like inflation is like money, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the monetary equivalent of inflation, what the defense did last year to back in the 70s. I mean, they literally did a great job in in pulling together a season and making it at least it wasn't a losing season with everything they almost everything that go wrong went wrong when you look at this. Yeah, and I think it was amazing the job they did defensively, um, given the fact that they had such little offensive firepower. Right. But you know, to this year. I imagine that the offense is going to uh, feed the defense, no and question. the defense is going to feed the offense. And, no question. Uh, you know, and I, I think this is going to be a good year. I, I, I'm I mean, but again, confident. you think about how little they had a lead last year, and you're still right. able to get, come up with 54 sacks, 38 takeaways. In my mind, that just it, it was a remarkable year defensively, what everybody knows, obviously. But still, to be able to do that with such little offensive firepower backing you up is still, yeah. in this day and age, in this pinball scoring day and age, yeah. I think I find it very remarkable. And, you know, this year with the offense, uh, it, the way it's going to be, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. Uh, because, you know, Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald had a couple great catches yesterday. I call him Thunder and Lightning because uh, Vance is the physical guy. Eric Ebron is the playmaker, uh, the touchdown maker, and I think they're they're going to be very good, and they're going to feed off each other. Uh, and uh, you know, uh, and Terrell Edmonds uh, worked yesterday. He was looking better, was yeah. he not? Yeah. You know, he's working his way back. I'm excited for him. I will say this. Um, Curtis Riley is a guy that's started yeah. to make you notice a little bit, but he's Terrell is somebody that I 
the guy's such a physical stud. Yeah. You know, now if he can get any sort of playmaking ability, if he can start to come up with a few bingos, a few turnovers, takeaways, fumbles, force fumbles, that sort of thing, if he can uh, be used in the box, uh, I mean, he's second leading tackler on the team last year. This guy is a stout, hardworking yeah. dude. Um, I would love to see his playmaking ability catch up to his tackling ability because he is a very stout dude. Has Anton Brooks showed up for you? No. He, yeah. The first first couple of days I, I saw him, I saw him do well in backs on backers to the yeah. boundary, and I thought, you know, the first couple of hits, well, all right. And then yeah. he's just kind of done the big disappear, a little bit of a fade. Yeah. You know, but so he's not really captured what, uh, you know, my Gordon – What's going on? Yeah, Curtis Riley, uh, it uh, is it exciting. I, I you know, I. Well, Curtis Riley is a guy that, uh, like I said, he's got experience. He's uh, done the things where you, you need to do. You know, playing over the top in coverage. Yeah. Uh, he showed up and picked off some passes. He's obviously a guy who's look. He looks like he knows what's going on. Yeah. You know what I mean? And right now, at this point in this stage of the game, I think that's, that's important. Right. Um, I love the fact that uh, you got Minka, that you got uh, Terrell, you got uh, Jordan Dangerfield, who's another box guy. Um, but Marcus Allen's a guy too. Yeah, that started to show some ability, but he's more he's box playing linebacker. Yeah, he's more box like in in his abilities right now. I think um, there's a possibility that Curtis Riley could be significant and in, yeah. in doing some stuff. So. All right, let's go to the phone. Circus George in Sarasota. George, uh, welcome to the locker room. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, George. Good morning. How are you, George? Well, it took you what? It took, um, I'm fair. Fair to Midland. Good. So, okay. Wolf, it took you all of six minutes to get to food today. <laughs> I, was, I was timing it. We're not even at Wednesday yet, so I know. Can you explain to me? Can you explain? Can you explain to me how Leonard Fournette gets released from Jacksonville without so much as a happy well, we're, meal? We're I mean, really? Back to days of yore. Yes. Listen, we're going to harken back to days of yore for that answer. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take a trade, and the beer doesn't have to be cold. <laughs> That, that's what uh, that's that, that that's what uh, Buddy, Buddy Ryan. Ryan said about Ernest Jackson. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Sell him for yes. a case of beer, and the so beer doesn't even more... gold. Yeah. So there probably is more to the story than we know. Yeah. So uh, I would think so. You know, we'll leave it at that. What about some of the other but, uh, mystifying yeah, I mean... things, George? I mean, seriously, how is Keith Richards still alive? Come on. Didn't you watch that last episode of Star Wars? Cloning. <laughs> took what was left with him and uh, made a new body. There you go. I hadn't even considered that. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's a good thing you didn't. Yeah, really. <laughs> so what, what are some of the other question questions, Kerry? Well, how about Chase Claypool? You know, not being a top ten. This guy is really showing a lot, George. You're going to love yeah. this kid. I've, what I've what I've read about him has been uh, really impressive, and I've, I've I've liked it. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing real real game speed action when it counts. Uh, how does it happen? Maybe sometimes people value the jitterbug wide receivers more than the tall possession Randy Moss or mm-hmm. Megatron style right. receivers. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. You know, that's a good point. I don't know. It all depends on your you know what what flavor you like. All right, let me ask you this: as a performer so, uh, and a circus performer at that, could you go 35 hours with karaoke? I couldn't do it. No. Why would I want to? Though? <laughs> good point. <laughs> that's a better, better, better answer than the question. That's. Uh, 
I've been known to gab uh, quite long. If you talk to any of my in-laws in Pittsburgh, they'll be the first to tell you that George has diarrhea of the lips. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll, we'll cut you off long before 35 hours, that's for sure. Let me go with you. How about this? Kevin Dotson, not invited to Combine. This is another young man you're going to like, George, being a serious Steelers fan. Well, again, I can't wait to see game game film of him because it doesn't matter. It don't matter a thing until you're out there bumping heads with the guys that count. Good point. So I want to see that. And I'm like, like I said earlier, I can't wait. I mean, we're, we're just over a week away, you know, almost two weeks away from the real thing, you know, the Coca-Cola. So I uh, right. can't wait. It's, I'm, I'm excited. I can't. I told you during the offseason, I'm watching old reruns of Steeler games from the 70s. <laughs> and yeah, even some of the 80s games, which I don't know why I watched that. But <laughs> That's how long quarantine was. Uh, that's why. <laughs> oh, geez. Well, you know, I wasn't even quarantining. I was just desperate for some football. <laughs> Now, that's pretty desperate when you're tuning into 80s games, which you pretty much know are going to be a loss. <laughs> you're watching them anyways. You already remember the play that they lost on, you know? Like, oh, geez, again. That hurts. That hurts. But, uh, you know, no, I didn't point anyone in particular. And, you know, I'm, but, but, Coach and I have George, had discussions about Cliff Stop before, so we'll leave it at that. George, <laughs> we, we went to the playoffs in 82, 83, and 84. Just didn't get real far. Yeah. yeah I know. Well, 84, well, we did. Oh, 84, yeah. 84 was, was that was that uh, little bit of tease. Yeah. Hey, guys, you like this? Well, you're not getting any more of this for a long time. <laughs> then we had a little <laughs> stretch. Well, yeah, uh, it was so hard. I remember that game that you guys lost to the Bears a couple years later when uh, oh. Wilson, Otis Wilson, Colcock, uh, uh, Lewis Lips knocked him out. Was that 86? And uh, the commentator was like, oh, I wouldn't. Yeah, it was the year after the Bears won. Yeah, it was eighty six. Let me tell you something. That was a that was a hard fought game, man. I'm telling you what. If you want to see a game that that there was had some vicious trench fighting, right? uh, Close quarter combat. You tune that game in because that was that was a a nasty game. Yeah. I remember the commentator saying that. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers pull a, a running play where they cut somebody's knees right about now, and it never happened. So I don't know if you guys are playing cleaner football then, or no, or just what. the opportunity didn't present itself at that point. <laughs> right, right. They were just really quick getting out of the way. Absolutely. Anything else, brother? Before we let you go. No, no. I just wanted to say hi and uh, yeah, answer some of those really tough, uh, nail-biting <laughs> questions that will keep you up at two in the morning wondering why. Absolutely. Like I said, the, the beer thing. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be cold. That's right. Just, just bring it by, drop it off on the doorstep. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. Take care of yourself. Thank you for the yeah, call. Have a good one. Yeah. All right, man. Thank you so much. The number's 412-919-1316. Yeah, and uh we're we're going to uh, go to break. Uh we have uh Bob Labriola coming in at 11 o'clock. Uh and yes. uh you know, uh, one of the things I want to say is Ben was throwing the ball well yesterday, and Mason was throwing the ball well yesterday, uh, and uh, Deontay looked good yesterday. He did look yeah, good. You know, there good. was that that one catch he had in the end zone. Yeah, is that in the full report? You know, I, mean, I want it. Okay, it you know, just matter. making sure. Yeah, you know, because but um, he made a great catch on a great move. Yeah, and uh, was it Mason? I think threw it to him. Yeah, and jammed it in. I mean, it was a small window. Right. Yeah, I was impressed with that. I thought that was a that was a great throw and a great catch. 
Yeah, and uh, you know one of the things the offense is uh, uh, getting getting there. You know, getting it's starting to get there. We're starting to recognize it. I will tell you this: uh, one of the guys that's going to have to come along is the guy that's right on front of a. You know, go to Steelers dot com. It's Big Al, and Al's looking good. Yeah, he's looking mean. He's looking tough, and he's Ranger ready, man. Yeah, and and uh, Chooks is looking good. Chooks Chooks. looked good yesterday. He had some good, but then he had some like any young kid. Yeah, he had some good, then he had some not so good. Yeah, yeah. But such is life. All right, we're going to take a break. Um, He's Wolf. I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. Four one two nine one nine. One three one six. We'll be back right after this. Just a small town girl living in a You know, more significant playmaking, um, ball awareness type things, uh, continuing to build upon the natural trajectory that his career has taken. Uh, one thing about his performances is it's been continually improving over the, over the course of his stay here. And so it's reasonable to expect that to continue. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, Mike Tomlin's talking about Bud Dupree, and he he has uh, improved every year. And last year, he had a lights-out year, uh, double-digit sacks, 11 and a half. Uh, and he was, uh, you know, one of the things that Bud Dupree said in his in his Zoom interview, he said, "I keep looking back at the sacks that I missed, uh, and uh, and watching the film of the sacks that he missed." And he said, "You got to finish as a as a great pass rusher. You got to finish, and you got to uh, sack the guy." And uh, you know, I just uh, I, I'm I'm all for him. I like Bud. I like his physicality, his strength, obviously, whether it's the point of attack or on the backside coming down and maintaining his right. uh, gap assignment. Um, the other thing, though, is he has started to put together uh, some of those pass rushing techniques that uh, you see TJ sporting over on the other side. Yeah. Um, 
and that's what Bud needed because he didn't need the physical stuff anymore. He was his problem was becoming a human human helmet magnet. Right. I mean, he would just get locked into a guy's grill and just try to bull him time after time again. And he's learned and has changed up his abilities with a, some a trap, a sweep, you know, pushing the hands aside, knocking him down, um, over the top swim and cross chop coming back to the inside that TJ does so very well. Uh, you know, and still with that ability to bull rush like he does. But you look at this guy, and the one thing Mike Tomlin talked about and what he needs from him is the significant playmaking ability. Yeah. He's, he needs to get the ball out, to get the ball on the ground more. Uh, sacks are great. Quarterback hitting, you know, hitting the quarterback is, is great. But getting that ball out and some uh, significant turnovers. You know, uh, one thing he worked with Chuck Smith – uh, this off season, and uh, you know he, he, you know one of one of the things he worked with was a Chuck Smith, uh, learning how to pass rush, um, and uh, yeah, it was uh, well, it's a thinking man's game. One thing I always remember Joey Porter saying: come up here with a plan. Don't come up here and just blank out and and just roll through a pass rush. You got to have some sort of plan. You got to have some sort of idea about what you want to accomplish. You look at the man in front of you and you try to understand, you know, what their deficiencies are. Do they hold their hands back against their chest? Do they hold them low? Do they yeah. extend them? You know, what's their kick step like? Do they get turned or do they stay square? You know, these are all things that you have to understand as you're attacking the man, what he's presenting with, uh, presenting you with. And then you have to make that sort of evaluation, uh, you know, and adjust any plans mid-flight, so to speak. So, you know, he worked with uh, uh, Chuck Smith, and he Chuck gave him the foundation. Uh, and he's, he wants to make plays. Uh, you know, we, we, we came close to a two-year deal. Uh, but he that that he didn't. Well, did you see the two year deal? Yeah. He's kidding. Yeah. Two hundred million. Yeah. Well. You know, two years. I would have taken that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anybody would have taken that. Yeah. Two hundred million. Oh, oh, he backed off a bit because he wanted to leave some money for Cam Hayward. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the point is that with him, he's got to come across with some more significant plays, which he's perfectly capable hey, of he's doing. Ready to go. So how do they go about? How do you? In your mind, when you're talking to a young defensive guy, how do you go about in your mind saying, all right, you want to ball key more. You want to have uh, those those skills. Get your antennas up for the ball more. Yeah, well, one of the things um, uh, T.J. Watt does, he swats the ball. Uh, and uh, Bud Dupree gets a sack. Uh, and so Bud Dupree is going to probably swat the ball more. He's got to increase his yeah, awareness yeah, yeah. when he's around the ball. Yeah. I mean, I don't know whether you got to play Madden, the game, you know, and you got to pass no. rush and stuff. The point being is you've got to increase your awareness whenever you're around the ball for looking for the ball, yeah. not just the sack, not just roughing the quarterback, not beating the man uh, over you. You've got to have that awareness about something as small as a football in the midst of a brawl is really what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know he had he had a uh, training tape that uh, you know he Chuck kept... Smith you talking about or no no but... he but but and he he kept uh, uh, throwing the medicine ball someone threw the medicine ball in his gut and he said uh, uh, you know I I I want to get punched in the stomach uh, and uh, uh, you know 
I used to do that with the boxers yeah, all the time. When 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 he said, "What did you get from Chuck Smith?" I'm always wanting to uh, get knowledge from him. Uh, what a pass rush coach! He you know he sees in me the pass rusher, and Chuck Smith was the foundational. And I he uh, Bud Dupree said, I, "I'll play the best I can play, work hard at all times." Yeah, no question about yeah. it. He has worked hard. He's done a great job of prepping himself in the offseason. Look, he comes in. You watch him in takeoffs. He's virtually always one of the top two guys or three at worst uh, in the takeoffs. His reactionary skills are absolutely terrific. Yeah. You know, his reflexive ability to get off on the snap count or when I should say on the ball movement yeah. uh, is, is spectacular. If he can be that keyed in and react that fast to the snap, if he and I, I, to me, this is where you enter, enter into the theater of your mind. Right. And you got to put into your mind yeah. about seeing yourself, not just your pass rushing, not just the sack, but as you're sacking the guy, knocking the ball loose, or reaching out, knocking the ball loose from the quarterback, or seeing the ball in your mind and, and reacting, your body reacting to that loose ball on the ground. Go get it. You know, Khalil Map. Mac does a great job of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, it's he hunts it up, and then he participates in the you know going after the ball. I mean, I I remember my rookie year. Um, ball came out. It was a preseason game. I think we were in Philly or playing Philly, and um, my reaction to the ball coming out was less than instantaneous. And right. I remember Raleigh growling at me and telling me. When you go for a ball, you go for it 100 miles an hour. You don't right. go for it like, oh, I'm tired and I'm just reaching out a little bit. You go for that thing like it's gold. Yeah. You know, and he really got on me. And I remember thinking after that, okay, I just I just got scorched on that's a little scorched earth there. So now with that face melt, I understand I got to get after the ball anytime I see it loose. Right. Well, you know, when uh, uh, I was trailing Franco and uh, someone stripped it out of his hands and I – I picked up the ball and I. Uh, That's a hustle. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, you know. One of the keys is to always what hustle to the ball. Yeah, yeah. Because you hustle to the ball, good things happen when bad things start off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that ball comes loose. You know, you're there. Yeah, and so one of the things uh, that uh, were asked in the Zoom press conference to Bud Dupree, that they said uh, you guys uh, uh, are not going to be able to go every play. So what have you seen from Alex Highsmith? Right. And he said uh, he's smart and athletic and he moves well. He was repair, prepared when he came to camp. And he said, and he mentioned Ola is good too. Uh, and, uh, you know, Ola is going to be uh, uh, one of the th uh, three pass rushers. One of the three or four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it determines whether he's going to be three or four. Ola's got ability. There's no doubt about it. But the problem is he's hampered a lot by his size in yeah. some respects. But for uh, Alex to come in and claim that number three spot, that ability to jump in there, and, and whether it be both sides or one side, that's going to be tough. I don't think he's going to claim the number no, three I, spot. I don't, I don't I see that. I think Ola's going to be yeah, the number I, three. I think that's why they brought in J. Ron Elliott. Right. You know, is you got to need a little bit more yeah uh, i like i like uh alex highsmith i think he's got yeah really good ability um but at the same time it's with no preseason games how can you depend on that yeah you know you can't i mean 
you know, Olo's got to be the number three guy uh, most likely um, unless J-Ron would, would step up and, you know, maybe they're going to play right and left with him. Tuzar, I, I'm sorry, but Tuzar has been what I would – what quiet. I uncomfortably quiet. You know, I mean, you know, there is there is some guys that are they're just quiet, okay, and you see them there, but some guys, you're in a position there, you've got to make some noise. Yeah, Tuzar was great in the preseason games last year. Yeah, um, two years and, ago or was it last year? Last year. Okay. And uh, you know what? I don't. I don't think they're. You know, uh, the practice is different than the preseason games. And, totally. Uh, yeah, I, I, I just. Um, and he's just not got the opportunity right. to shine. Yeah. Really, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. As so many of these guys do, you know, Alex. Again, he looks good in the scenario-driven opportunities he's been given thus right. far, and some of his matchup stuff. Like I said, his pass rushing. He, he's a natural. Yeah. I mean, he's just got a natural feel right. for getting up the field and getting after the passer. Um, but. Once you start with, you know, it's like I used to look at Chickalow. You know, Chick, he had some really good skills. Right. But his first couple of years, he was a little bit lost when it came to quick screens, you know, uh, holding the, the the point, setting the edge, all those little those things that you got to do. Sometimes it took him a while to develop, and, and and I thought he looked good early on. Well, the same thing's probably going to happen with Alex Highsmith. You know, you, there's certain things in scenario-driven football, you know, where you you got a specific skill set you need to exhibit at whatever you're doing, uh, whether it's pass coverage, you know, set, uh, doing run right. defense, that sort of thing. You can excel, okay? But when you got the whole field, you've got the whole playbook, that's a different matter. Yeah. You know? You know, Bud and TJ said that we want to take it to the next level. Uh, we, we're trying to build on – last year every day and build it for next that's year. That's what the great ones yeah. do. That's yeah. what Kevin Green, Greg Lloyd, you know, that's what Lamar Woodley, James Harrison, yeah. they pushed each other to right. go to the utmost, to the to the, 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 the very essence of their abilities and take it to that max. And yeah. I hope these guys do it. Yeah, and uh, I, I, I think they're going to do it. Uh, you know, uh, we're trying to build on it every day. And he 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 mentioned Tyson uh, uh, Alu Alu, Cam Hayward, and Stefan Tuitt. Uh, you know, finishing is part of being a great pass rusher. That's good. That's what good TJ point. said. No doubt about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're gonna take a break. Uh, when we come back, uh, we're gonna uh, we're no, we're gonna take some calls. Four one two nine one nine one three one six. I thought we were gonna uh, go to. Labs. Yeah, so. I know. I, I I was early by an hour. I was yeah. sitting there going, isn't Labs up? And yeah. the guys are looking at me like, I got three heads. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. All right. He's up at the top of the hour. All right. We're going to take a break. And uh, he's Wolf. I'm Toucher in the locker room. Sun went down 
as across the hill and the town lit up the world gets still I'm learning to fly playing got wings uh, yes he is he uh He's done a very good job at learning both spots. And, uh, you know, he's done that out there on the field with the calls and things like that. Now he, he has a, a long way to go, uh, you know, just in general because of last year. But uh, I like his trajectory. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. So Jerry Osaski was talking about uh, Ulysses Gilbert. Ulysses, uh, not Ulysses. Ulysses. Yes, Ulysses. there you go. Ulysses. UG3. If you, as hip-hop as you are, you can call him UG3. All right. I, I, I'm not hip-hop. Uh, so, uh, no, really? Yeah, but he's... I, I'm sure. Can we get a vote on that? <laughs> so Jerry was talking about He's uh, he he's uh, uh, he can play both uh, inside spots uh, the the Mike or the Mo uh, and uh, he's he's good he's got a long way to go but I like his tra- trajectory and uh, uh, you know I think that he's going to be the uh, fourth linebacker third linebacker fourth linebacker uh, you know. But Robert Spillane's good too. Robert's done some nice things. Yeah. I don't. I think he's got uh, his gap is in pass coverage, um, and uh, I, I, I think that uh, UG three's got a little bit on him on that. I think he's a little quicker, faster, but and explosive. Uh, yeah, but um, you know, Robert Spillane has got some abilities. He's a good special teamer. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys that, you know, they're going to need him. I mean, you're only talking about the fact that as of right now, those four guys are it as yeah. far as the, the linebacker. Now, they're they're basically, to me, Spillane's like a, he's a first, second down guy. Right. All right, run heavy guy. Right. All right. Um, UG3. Is, Jerry, Jerry said he was a demon. A demon? Yeah. What? Do you flying around? Flying around, yeah. yeah. Well, I, that's why I see him as a first, second down guy. Yeah. You know, I think he, he comes hard. He, he, he's a crash. He's one of those crash test dummy type guys. Um, but I don't see him excelling in some of the, you know, the third down pass heavy situations and so forth. Yeah. Someone asked uh, Ryan why Ryan Shazir wasn't there. Right. And uh, he, Ryan Shazier did a great job last year with uh, Devin Bush. Uh, he would put in different pieces of the puzzle uh, as Jiro's. Well, you know, Ryan, you yeah. sat with Ryan all the time watching film. Yeah. You know, he's one of those guys that is able to communicate, you know, the thought processes that you need yeah. to be that linebacker, to be the guy making the calls, to see what you're seeing. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I, I, I loved uh, – uh, uh, watching film with uh, Ryan Shazier because I I said what are you looking at Ryan what are you looking at right. and he'd always tell me yeah and so I learned about playing inside linebacker from Ryan and that's what Ryan was doing for Devin yeah you know and that's what Ryan was um, you know he, he, he's another pair of eyes to watch 
Vince, you know, I mean, the fact is, you always said if if you're not if you're starting and you're backup, you tell your backup, watch me, yeah. let me know. I need your eyes yeah. on me because I need to specifically have you watch what's going on and make sure. Because if I get beat or if there's something I do wrong, I need to know why. Because sometimes, a lot of times, the offensive line coach can't tell you why, only that you did. Yeah, you know, and you need you need more than the why. You yeah. need what did I do and how do I well, correct? You it. need the why, what, and how. Okay, now we're getting confusing. Right, right. Um, uh, you you know why do you do this? Right. But how do you do this? No, but how did I get beat? Yeah. <laughs> That's the point. And how do I fix it? Yeah. There you go. Yeah. That's the important thing. And so uh, Ryan would say, I did this or that, as Jerry right. would say. Uh, it's hard to quantify last year. It was great to have Ryan Shazier around. It's hard not to have him around this year. And uh, Jerry said, I miss Ryan. His football ability and his watching film – uh, was great. You know. His football acumen was yeah. huge. Yeah. Um, his ability, again, to communicate was huge. He's also an inspiring guy. When right. you talk to him, he's an uplifting guy. Yeah. You know, his life story is one um, that everybody knows the last couple of years. And uh, he is, I've never seen him down. I've never seen him, you know, less than with a smile on his face and, and moving forward in life. And yeah. uh, I, I just, for a young man who's been through the trauma he's been the last couple of years, yeah. just the greatest love and respect for him and his family because that's not easy, you know, to undergo. And, and, and I, I, again, I remember the hit in Cincinnati. I remember yeah. being on the sidelines. I remember the hush over the, the sidelines and the guys talking in whispered tones looking at each other. Yeah. I remember the, the, you know, coming out and taking him off on the – on the uh, gurney, you know, and yeah. taking them and, and hearing some things. And it just it was traumatic in so many ways. And just a year later on the return to Cincinnati for him to go and actually go to the hospital yeah. and celebrate with the doctors Tell and nurses and say yeah. thank you. Yeah. Um, what, a, what an accomplishment that was. All so right. that's all important. It's all just great stuff yeah. that, um, you know, helped to make Ryan, up who Ryan is. is a great yeah. Uh, so let's go to uh, the phones. Nick in Tampa. Nick, welcome to the locker room. Hey, guys. Uh, you know, I've seen the White Tiger here in Tampa. <laughs> I, I, actually have, I actually have gone to the zoo and, and, and saw the White Tiger. And no kidding. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact you know, uh, uh, they had uh, – a sign explaining that the Tigers actually at the time uh, uh, had heart. I guess they were older and they had arthritis. Oh. And they said, you know, they're not going to be running around. And they had a little explanation of, you know, how they were treating them and that uh, they wouldn't be running around. And I had arthritis at the time. And I thought, I, I said to my wife, I said, do you think I could go down and explain to those Tigers, look, you guys got arthritis, <laughs> I've got arthritis. Let's just uh, lay in the shade and be friends. There you go. Or maybe put some blue emu on it, huh? Uh, and so what What uh, uh, Nick is responding to is when uh, um, uh, Craig uh, uh, said, uh, quoted John Gruden, and he talked about one of his players, uh, and he's like the white tiger. He doesn't show up all the time. Right. And when you go to the Tampa Bay Zoo – uh, you don't see the white tiger all the time, and sometimes so, he doesn't show. Yeah, yeah. 
You know, I, I told my wife that I was the white tiger, that I've got a little blonde in my beard, and she said, that's not blonde. <laughs> that's beautiful, Nick. Nice, nice. <laughs> hey, uh, some of the things that you guys were talking about on uh, on Bud, and uh, uh, a quote that I found that I found interesting, uh, that Watt Dupree and Hayward finished with more sacks than nine NFL teams. So those three guys. Mm. Wow. More sacks. That's a great year. stat, Nick. That is. Yeah, yeah, the the Bears, the Raiders, the Bengals, the Texans, the Chargers, the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Lions, and the Dolphins. So, uh, and, and I think we're going to see even greater things this year. Right. Uh, and, and hopefully with uh, Stefan as well, because he, you know, he was on a, a, a tremendous start last year mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it was just cut short. Uh, another thing that I'm excited about is the fact of the, uh, you know, the Seven Eleven connection with, with, uh, Claypool and, and big Ben. And I, right. I it's pretty cool that, uh, that Seven Eleven name will probably, Oh, I like that. Seven Eleven. Yeah. You know, they're, uh, they're always open, right? Yeah. There you go, 7-Eleven. When they get ice after a game, you got a slushy. Well, that's Ken Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> that's Ken Hogan, 7-Eleven. Who's Ken Hogan? I don't even he know. He used to play for the uh, New England Patriots. Well, it doesn't matter because we got our own 7-Eleven. Yeah. Ben oh, is 7. Right. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're, you're right, uh, Tunch. I, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'd forgotten about that, but you're right. They, they said he was always open. Uh, uh well, we've got a new 7-Eleven connection right. in Pittsburgh. Uh, and uh, Daniel Jeremiah uh, from uh, the NFL Network, whose father, uh, David Jeremiah, is an evangelist. Right. Uh, oh, is that, is that him? He's he's tremendous. Right. I love David yeah. Jeremiah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, but his son is a, an analyst for the NFL Network, who is, is quite good in his own right. All right. Uh, as an analyst. Uh, he said the Pittsburgh hasn't had a receiver like Claypool since Plexico. Right. And, uh, that, uh, uh, and what he means by that, that we've had great receivers, but we haven't had a, a, a tall, fast one. Uh, and this and guy's stronger uh, than Plexico. Right. You know, right. not that. Yeah. yeah I'm, and I'm not and putting he, down Plexico. And uh, he's, he's more aware. Yes, he's he's just got a lot more going on. But I will say I will say this: this kid is delivering big stuff that I didn't expect this early on. Uh, I agree, and I think he high points the ball uh, better than Plex. Right. Uh, uh, but you know. Uh, and hopefully, you won't spike it after falling down right, without being yeah. touched. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, hope, I hope not. Hey, you know, I've got a small. Uh, I didn't mean to go this direction, but I got a small story about Plex. You know, we were up at camp, and mm-hmm. uh, as we often come up to camp, and uh, and my son was younger at the time. He was probably about uh, eight or nine, and uh, we went over to the uh, Kmart that was in the area, and uh, lo and behold, Plexico's in there. Wow. And uh, I, I came uh, – I actually moved down to Florida from Virginia Beach, and Plexico was from Virginia Beach. So we went up to uh, we went up to him and and said, oh, uh, you know, we don't want to inter- intrude intrude on your uh, your personal time, but I wanted to tell you, you know, we're both from Virginia Beach and we just wanted to say hi. 
Yeah, he was so nice. I mean, he turned to my son and said, hey, little man, and he got down <laughs> and shook hands with him. And, cool. You know, it made us feel really good. And uh, uh, I met him on one other occasion, uh, and it, it was at a uh, – he was serving uh, – Thanksgiving dinner for the disadvantaged in Virginia Beach. Oh, and, cool! Uh, and uh, we went there. Uh, I was part of a uh, a news team, and we went there to cover that. And uh, again, he was real personable with people and uh, real friendly. Uh, yeah, uh, real nice person. So, you know, sometimes he he had gotten a bad imager uh, from from folks, but that few times that I met him, he was always very hospitable, very uh, he very was a friendly, great guy. very nice guy. Yes. He was a great yeah. guy. God forbid very we nice. be judged on a couple of seminal moments in our lives yeah. and bad decisions that we make. You know? Yeah, good point by you, Wolf. Yeah. yeah. Excellent point. Right. Uh, I so have my moments now. The White Tiger guys. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, who is the White Tiger in the... Uh, uh, I, I think there might be several of them in the uh, Steelers camp. Uh, you know, you mentioned Jerry O, and he has been – he was that interview, by the way, was fantastic yeah. yesterday. He, he was off the charts. Yeah. Jer- Jerry yeah. Osaski, I played with him for four years, and uh, he, he was a very heady player, and he loves to mentor. He loves to coach. He loves the, uh, the guys. He just had that yeah, coaches. And yeah. you know what? He's got some great parents. He loves they the tutor. Great. He loves he, the tutor. He, he, his mom. Yeah. I, I just remember meeting his mom. And yeah. It was great. Yeah. And his mom passed away. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a shame. Sorry, but she was sure. a doll. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, thanks for thanks, the call, Dad. Nick. Thanks, yeah. Nick. Yeah. And one one of the things we want to say is uh, our condolences co- co- go out to Coach Thompson uh, from Georgetown. Uh, his family. Yeah, his family. And, uh, uh, you know, M- Mike uh, Tomlin was talking about he was he a was. mentor. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just what a great uh, influence yeah. he was on his life. Yeah. And I always remember him from the great Georgetown-Syracuse battles. Right. Syracuse yeah. University. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. Uh, He's Wolf, I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. You know, I'm really like, damn, I miss him. You know what I mean? Because, you know, besides Ryan's or past Ryan's football ability and how well he played football, he was just he was just great to be around. You know, and uh, uh, you know that, that's that's hard because we got a lot of good guys in our locker room, and it's nice, you know, Cam and Vince and Minka and, and Ben and all, and all the guys. You know, they they form a good. Uh, 
a good group. Uh, and Ryan's an important part of that group because, you know, he just does stuff and, you know, we can laugh at him sometimes and then he laughs at us. And, and it's, it's a big part of the team. So you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now here's Tunch and Wolf. That's Jerry Oseski talking about uh, Ryan Shazier and, uh, you know, uh, you what? know what'd be interesting? What? It'd be interesting to ask Jerry O how he would have fared in this environment today as a player. Right. How much more difficult that would have been. Yeah. You remember one of the things that separated Jerry O? He showed up every day, twice right. a day. Yeah. You know, and then when we went to ones, he was there every day. And he was just one of those hard nosed, yeah, um, tough as all get out guys who who just lasted and lasted because he was hard as a as a as a, a diamond. Yeah, you know? and when we uh, played the uh, Oilers in 1989 in the wild card round, he blocked the punt. Yeah, yeah. I he, mean, he just was one of those guys that just, you know, he he could play football. Yeah. He was smart. Played yeah. with his eyes. Played with his mind. Yeah. You know, he had knowledge. Uh, and he imparts that knowledge now, but it, it it's got. I wonder. I just wonder in, in a conversation what he'd say, you know, because it's it's different now. Yeah, I I played with him for four years. Right. Uh, from 1989 to uh, 1992, and uh, you know he, he was a great player, and uh, uh, he he was a smart guy he was he saw the field very well he played with his eyes and uh and you he's know he's got a great haircut yeah, too yeah you know like me you got great haircuts man that's that's living big yeah when you can come out come out of that shower and towel off and uh, comb your hair with the same utensil that's the max in efficiency right yeah. there indeed so talking about Ryan Shazier he was and one of the things I, I liked that he said that I hadn't said earlier about Ryan, I just like having him around. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of the guys that kind of builds that, that uh, you know, that levity of spirit, you know, that uh, just when things get hard, you know, he, the smile, the, the acknowledgement from a Ryan to a young buck, those are all big things. Right. It's important. And yeah. so I hope that Ryan will be able to um, be more involved as we go along because this guy, if, if you know, if, if people sometimes p- players fade so fast right. from the memory, but this guy was special. Yeah, and he had special abilities, and uh, I would love to see him be able to, you know, maintain an, a, a positive positivity type role with the young guys. Yeah. So Jerry Osaski was uh, uh, talking about uh, 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 he went from. Uh, Ryan Shazier to Devin Bush, and Devin is uh, much improved in pass coverage. Uh, you know, he's a great player, as Jerry said. Uh, he has a 40-inch vertical jump, and so... And he's yeah. not that big. Yeah. I mean, he's only, what, six foot tall? Six but one. You, six one, is he? Yeah. Okay. Um, I look at him, and, you know, you look at last year. Like, like for instance, out in uh, L.A., when he scooped up that uh, 5'11". 5'11"? Yeah. Ah, see? You were right. I was right. That's yeah. right. All right. <laughs> Mark the tape. Yeah. I was right. Yeah, I, I told you you were okay, right. Okay, I know. Yeah. Mark the tape. Okay, because yeah. very, uh, not very frequently do I hear you say, 
I was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the point being is when he scooped up that ball, when other veteran guys were standing around, and then he scooped and scored. You yeah. know, I mean, that was a veteran play that spoke to me so much about what a heady player this guy was, you know, and he he proved it. He got better as the season went along, and uh, I think he's, you know, he already made that, as I said, that second-year jump. He made that in the last quarter, if 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 anything, you know yeah. I mean? He's, it's not like he's going to have uh, this great acceleration this year because we saw him accelerate over the last quarter, the last yeah. third of the season. He really showed, you know, great promise. And I always go back to one of the things I just thought so highly of in that that uh, game against um, uh, the Baltimore Birdies when he jumped off sides on a third down and Cam just reamed him out. Right. And I just remember him standing there and um, taking it. Yeah. And he didn't melt, he didn't wilt, he didn't go hide, he didn't sulk, he didn't do all those things. He came back and made a great play a couple plays later, which really, taking the ball away on an interception, which really spoke to me about this guy has got greatness within him. If he can maintain just working year in, year out, getting yeah. better. And and you know what? Early in the season, he was suffering from paralysis by analysis. Uh, later in this season, he was reacting right quickly right uh and he was playing sideline to sideline and uh you know he, he he's was, only going to get better as yeah. he sharpens his seed do yeah. as mike domlin calls right. it sees it and does it yeah so i hope and and uh you know you pray that they stay healthy everybody stay healthy but if you do that you got a defense this year that's just going to be i think uh this this could be one of those uh talked about defenses in years to come uh, you have that opportunity, especially if this offense can get on a roll, provide enough uh, house money, so to speak, enough points where you can get these uh, op- opposing offenses having to play from behind and throw the ball a lot to make up. Right. So uh, we're going to shift to Marcus Allen. Uh, you know, uh, Marcus Allen was moved to linebacker. He's in the linebacker room. Uh, and uh, – uh, you know, have are you we talking just dime or nickel? Are we talking about first, second down as well? I, I, I think dime or nickel. Uh, but um, I, you know, on first down when you know they're the interesting thing is he's got the frame where you could see him putting on fifteen pounds yeah. of muscle. Well, see, he's two ten, right? Uh, and he's six two, uh, and you know, linebackers are getting smaller and smaller for speed. Uh, and uh, the hybrids, yeah. Uh, the 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 biggest thing uh, uh, about uh, Marcus Allen is how much do you like his? He, he's he likes to hit people. Uh, that's what uh, Marcus likes to hit people. He's doing a fine job, as Jerry O said. Uh, you know, while that guy can do some things that uh, the hardest thing about football is running into people. And Marcus has no problem that. Yeah. Uh, Running into people is not a big deal. Well, it better not be for a linebacker. Yeah. And uh, certainly for a guy that plays for Jerry O, he better be very physical, which he is. Yeah. Um, I like Marcus Allen. And the the head knowledge is what has held him back. Right. That's what's kept him on the practice squad and so forth. He's now starting to be able to put that all together and become um, that player that people envisioned him a couple years ago. You know, it just takes a, a while for him to roll on here and get the job done. And who knows? He might grow into that position more as an inside linebacker or yeah. what have you. 
but he's certainly got the speed. He's certainly, you know, he's very muscular through his through right. his kinetic chain on the backside. I mean, he looks powerful when he comes up to make a tackle. Um, he looks very powerful in doing so. And uh, I would think, um, you know, as he continues to develop, he's just only going to get better. Yeah. And hopefully he gets, you know, really a lot better. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he's, uh, uh, as uh, Jerry O said, he's a professional. And he works Takes hard. Takes professional yeah, attitude. Yeah. And I would uh, hang out with Jerry O if I was Marcus we- Marcus Allen. Absolutely. Because I would uh, want to pick his brain. I would want to pick his eyesight. I want to. P- I would want to pick his uh, his uh, reaction to the runs. And uh, and that's important. Look, yeah. this is how you get better. You yeah. don't get better by you know keeping to yourself. There's people around you who want to help. That's yeah. why you have coaches. Right. That's why you you know you have veterans around you. And if you don't avail yourself of their knowledge their yeah. experience uh their wisdom yeah you you just you're running in sand man you you, you know you take it yeah, well you're, you're running in sand you're literally depriving yourself of the ability to move forward and get better at an accelerated rate right right you know so i look at that and i say marcus allen have at it man keep lifting them weights um do the things necessary he's gonna be he's he, he's got an opportunity here yeah. And, you know, when, the, when that opportunity comes around, as my old coaches used to say at Syracuse, when the train of opportunity comes around, you better be at the station and be ready to get on board because it may not come around again. Right. All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Uh, after the break, we've got Bob Labriola from Steelers Labs. Digest. Yeah. And uh, uh, he's Wolf. I'm Touch. And you are in the locker room. The Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch here in the Locker Room. And we have our special guest, our buddy, uh, Bob Labriola from Steelers Digest. Bob, welcome to the Locker Room. Okay, fellas. Uh, four days away from cutdown day. <laughs> Which one of you two was more confident in 1980. Uh, I was. I, I, I wasn't. I wasn't confident at all because you I, got hurt. You I, missed I got time. Hurt. Yeah. I got hurt and I missed time. And uh, uh, when we played the Jets, yeah. I had a mental <laughs> error, a, a pressure, and uh, a this holding. A, this a holding is a trifecta penalty. of badness, yeah. Bob. And then, and then <laughs> I, I got cut the following Monday. Yeah. And, and I was only slightly more confident, only from the sense of, well, um, at least I wasn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and so Chuck uh, uh, said that, uh, Tunch, we want you to stay in shape because if someone gets hurt, uh, we're going to call you back. I thought he just said that cause I, so I wouldn't cry, but I cried anyways. <laughs> hey, Labs, I see already. With, I'll throw the name out there, Leonard Fournette, then over under. Are you are you any higher than one yet? Yeah. I don't know. I haven't checked. Um, <laughs> I purposely – I think I scare a lot of them away, though. True. You know? Yeah. Um, exactly. 
the, the thing about this, this is my question about Leonard Fournette. I mean, if he was worth anything, why wouldn't the, anyone have offered the Jaguars? I mean, I see teams making trades for conditional seventh-round picks now. Mm-hmm. I mean, if I'm the Jaguars, if that's all I can get, you know, and I'm not trading him to a team within my own division, of course. Right. I'll take it. Yeah, it's I... better than nothing. It's not <laughs> like you have to eat any more money, you know, cap-wise or not, or, you know, with a trade as opposed to cutting a guy. Um, so, you know, there has to be, you know, I don't want to brand this guy, uh, Leonard Fournette, a bad guy or a bad teammate or anything. Right. But let's be honest. If nobody wants him, nobody wants him. There's got to be something. You right? would think. I mean, they didn't even get a happy meal for him, right? Or right. Earl Thomas. Or, you know, because you remember what, uh, you know, Buddy Ryan got for Ernest Jackson. Right. <laughs> a case of beer and it doesn't no, have to be no, cold. No, a six-pack. A six-pack. Oh. <laughs> I'll trade him for a six-pack and it doesn't even have to be cold. cold. That was his line. Yeah. Well, it's funny because I know, and I love reading asked and answered, and you know I tweet you, or not tweet you, I text you often because you have some really great lines there. And, I, I you know, it, it is amazing um, when you look at it and you, you got somebody, a reader, calling it or writing in saying that, that the over-under on people saying the Steelers going after Leonard Fournette was 500. But I loved well, when you, you came back and said, well, that's one. <laughs> Long way to go to 500. But I mean, and I don't watch, I don't watch, but I know because people, you know, are offering me this information. Right. Uh, But all the, all the talking heads on uh, ESPN, NFL Network, I mean, yeah, Steelers should be all over this guy. (laughs) Um, Like it's Madden or something. Yeah. Um, But anyway. Exactly so. I'd rather talk, well, if I'd rather talk about, you know, Tunch being soft and getting hurt three days before cut-down day as a rookie. Yeah. You know, the the worst thing about it was when when he would sit there and he told me the three-play sequence that got him booted out of the game. And, I, and I, I have to laugh because as my brother sitting over there, knowing how bad it was at the moment, and then, of course, to see him come back and have this great career of, you know, two-time Pro Bowler, uh, the All-33 team, uh, in Steelers history, you know, you can laugh about it now. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, to, to miss a down call, to give up a, a pressure and then give, get a holding penalty, that's like one, two, three, you're out of here. <laughs> it was horrible. You know, of course, you know, in, in 80s Steelers history, there was also Harvey Clayton's Triple Crown. What was that? I've never, I've never seen before. He got called for holding. He was a cornerback. Right, yeah. For the younger listeners out there. (laughs) Holding and pass interference, and he gave up the touchdown. Yeah. (laughs) You know, there are those moments that's just so bad. Was that Cleveland? I don't remember the team. I do remember the Triple Crown. Yeah, that was – I mean, I never – I didn't – you know, I figured at that point, after you commit the second penalty, tackle the guy. I mean, you know, what's – you don't want to give up the touchdown, too. I mean, and because where, when have you ever seen an offensive team decline two penalties on a receiver because they didn't need them because they, they scored the touchdown anyway? <laughs> that's a bad moment to be Harvey Clayton. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay, I got to ask you a question, Labs. Um, you know, you, you look at the – 
what the defense did. There's a couple things that I woke up this morning, and I got I had a list of stuff that I, I just I got no answer for. One of them was how Keith Richards is still alive, but that's besides the point. All right, the other one though was the Steelers defense. When you consider all the things that were working against it from the low amount of house money you got because you couldn't put any points up on the board offensively. You couldn't play with the lead. But to have 54 uh, sacks and 38 takeaways, it's almost in some ways reminiscent of the the great 76 defense. I believe, was it 76 or 77? Where, 76. Uh, 76, okay. Where they had they posted three, 70. four, five shutouts or something. I mean, it was ridiculous. Yeah, 29 points over the last. Nine games, I think it was. 28 points over the last nine games, four, five shutouts. But anyway, you know, I, re- I really think one of the things that helped the Steelers last year, especially in terms of the takeaways, because, you know, when you look at the sack numbers, the sack production, you know, in previous seasons, the Steelers have not had a problem in that area, you know, for some time. I mean, they've been getting pressure on the passer uh, since T.J. Watt came into the league. Mm-hmm. So, and that was always my argument about, you know, what's more important, pass rush or takeaways. Because when you're leading the league or at close to the top of the league in sacks year after year after year, and your defense isn't good enough, to me that answers the question. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the Steelers uh, comparably in those seasons, their takeaway performance, it, they were among the lowest in, in franchise history. In fact, um, in 19, or excuse me, 19, 2018, um, the Steelers tied the franchise low for interceptions uh, that was set in 1940, which was not exactly uh, pitch and catch <laughs> time in the league. You know, teams only played 11 games, and um, you know, you have you have eight interceptions that year, and you have eight interceptions uh, in 2018. So I I just believe that over time, quarterbacks lost their fear of forcing the ball uh, into into coverage of you know throwing late over the middle. You know all those cardinal sins that quarterbacks commit in the NFL that lead to turnovers. I, I just think that. Year after year after year of playing against a uh, Steelers defense that was largely toothless uh, when it came to the uh, area of taking the ball away, you know I I just don't know that opponents you know figured it out in time, you know before Minka had three interceptions mm-hmm. and returned two for touchdowns or whatever it was, and yeah Devin Bush and you know a lot of these things uh, came together. Now my um, Concern, well, concern is overrated. My interest is, you know, how offenses are going to respond to uh, a defense that one year ago led the NFL in takeaways and sacks. How are they going to adjust their uh, game plans, maybe? How do quarterbacks adjust the way that they act in the pocket under pressure? Um, can guys, you know, get it in their head? You know, to throw the ball away, or are they going to say, uh, "Let's let's take a shot down the middle again"? I don't believe that Fitzpatrick guy. I think he was a fluke last year. Hmm. So, um, you know, we're going to see. But there's no question in my mind that um, there aren't a lot of good options. I don't think for opposing quarterbacks now, third and long. Uh, if a guy's not open, um, you know, maybe maybe you should think about punting because I don't know that that was yeah. necessarily 
their thought process uh, in 2018, for example, the, the New Orleans game, third and 20. Drew Brees went right down the middle for 22 yards. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I don't know that you can do that with the same amount of confidence now with number 39 back there. Yeah. You know, an, another thought that came to me this morning, sorry, Chalucha, I know I, we missed our, our hand signals here about who was going next, but I, I just wanted to jump in with it. You know, another question that jumped out at me this morning was how was Chase Claypool, because you're you're up on the draft stuff too, how was Chase Claypool not just in the first round, but how was he not a top 10 pick? He's been absolutely uh, unbelievable in training camp. Well, I mean, let's, you know, receivers are, um, I won't say a dime a dozen, but it seems to me that the way that the college game has evolved, um, they're, they're just cranking these guys out, you know, mm-hmm. these receivers. And, you know, what I believe is that if you have a top 10 pick in the draft, um, I would almost, if I was in charge of a team, I would almost prohibit my people from drafting a wide receiver for a couple of different reasons. Number one is, as I just said, there are a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two is, is that if you look at the dynamic um, takeaway people in the NFL, um, they're all top 10, top 12 picks. Right. You know, okay, you don't that's get Khalil point. Mack and Vaughn Miller and those kind of people even 15th. I mean, the Steelers lucked out with Ryan Shazier 15th, but that was before I think the NFL caught on to the whole, you know, hybrid linebacker coverage inside guy. I mean, Shazier was kind of the first of that genre mm-hmm. um, to really make an impact. And after that, I mean, now teams are looking for those kinds of guys too. Devin Bush, tenth pick. Yeah. So if you're looking for those, if you need those guys, and I think most NFL teams do, that's where you have to pick them. If you want the difference-making uh, hogs, that's where you pick them. And quarterbacks, that's where you got to pick them. You know, running backs and receivers. So much, I think you can get those guys later. And so, the draft, I don't know, is as much of an indicator of a player's you know, ability or potential as much of it as it is, um, you know, Wolf, if you're going to the buffet, let's get it to something you understand. <laughs> if you're going to the buffet, you know, and there's three plates of big platters of ribeye steak and only one small platter of lobster tails, what are you picking first? Oh, yeah. You got to get that lobster tail. Just right. You got to yeah. get what there's not a lot of if you want one. Okay. So, right. I got gotcha. um, you. That, see, there you go. You're speaking the language of love there, yeah, Labs. Yeah. So, Labs, Labs, which, uh, who, what player do you think is best going to have the bounce back season? Ben. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like this is my answer to all of these. I mean, yeah. Because again, he's the most significant guy. Yeah. And um, you know, having ligaments repaired in your throwing arm at. 37 or 38 or whatever he was when it was done, um, that's a fairly significant thing for me. And um, as I've, I've said to you many times on these very airwaves, you know, we've lived through without Ben. I don't want to right. do that anymore. That's my preference. <laughs> right. um, so, yeah, I, I think it would be um, Ben. Now, if you're going to ask me besides Ben? Yeah. Um, besides Ben. Who do I think is going to, or who is it most important that he does? Yeah. What, 
Which which is the question? Well, you know, I, I answer it the way you want to answer it. Um, I think in terms of importance, James Conner is up there right. pretty high. Yeah. Uh, because, again, you know, back to the lobster and steak analogy, mm-hmm. um, I think the Steelers are a little bit better positioned to deal with a, say, a mediocre season from a receiver, Juju, than the running backs would be um, a mediocre season, <clears throat> excuse me, from James Conner. Um, and Tua is up there as well. Um, yeah. Because I, I, since you let Hargrave go, yeah, you need to it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, one, one of the things I've noticed about James is he looks fast, he looks shifty, and he looks powerful. Uh, he, you know, yesterday he ran over a guy and, uh, and he outran everybody to the end zone. So I, I, I'm in agreement with you. I think, uh, James, we just is need gonna, him to be durable. Yeah. J- that's that's yeah, what we need. We, we need James, uh, to not have, uh, uh, injuries. Well, here's, here's another way of looking at it too. Um, and I've kind of come around to this, uh, as opposed to living in my fears. You know, when you look at. <laughs> All the the roll call of all these guys who could potentially be unrestricted free agents in 2021, and the impact of maybe a lower salary cap and all of that, you know, uh, disaster scenario that's kind of looming. Um, you know, you can kind of also look at it as there's a lot of guys playing for their contracts, and some of these guys who are playing for their contracts have really not been paid yet, big money. Mm. Co- James Conner, right? Juju. Um, you know, Bud is is doing very well this year, but um, you know he's he, he has he has not yet hit you know one of those uh, big time uh, NFL contracts yet. And so, yes, I understand that when you're looking at this, you can look at it, and it's accurate to look at it this way. Uh, they're, 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 the Steelers have the potential to lose a lot of important people to free agency next year. But in the meantime, um, everybody's coming to work serious and hungry, too. Right. Because uh, this is definitely, they're going to be looked at, other teams are going to look at them, uh, what they do this year, uh, as a direct correlation to what kind of offers they're going to get. Because, again, none of them are really established where you could say, well, he just had one down year. He's been an all-pro five years before that. They're too young for that. Uh, they don't have that pedigree yet, uh, and they're looking to establish it. And so the Steelers could benefit from a lot of guys um, having contract years or being in contract years. And if all of that happens, you know, you're talking about the durability and the performance, you know, all those kinds of things. If, 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 and I understand if's the biggest word in the English language, but all, if all of this comes together, um, I, you know, I think that uh, it could be a very, very interesting season. Yeah, you know, and and I I I, I want to agree with you, Stefan Tuitt. Uh, he needs the biggest bounce back season. Uh, you know, if Stefan Tuitt uh, is uh, healthy and dominant uh, between he and Cam Hayward, there we're, we're going to be a a great. You'll get a lot of A team. and B gap chaos yeah. mayhem. <laughs> and then and then and when they push the pocket, uh, Bud. And TJ will benefit from it. No question. Right, because there's nowhere to step up. Right. And again, um, you know, if you can, if you can, your offense is doing some things, uh, you know, to, to score and threaten the other team 
on the scoreboard so that the opposing offense cannot just turtle up, you know, and run it up the middle three times and punt and feel right. safe and secure. You know, then there's balls being thrown, maybe chances being taken, and, you know, you're creating some situations for not only, you know, Minka, but also those cornerbacks. You have a situation where, you know, uh, you're um, – Number 22, Stephen Nelson, is already talking about feeling underappreciated, underrated. And for, for a defensive back in the NFL, there's one way to change that perception of yourself. And uh, that's in your, in your interception stats. Yeah. So thank you, Bob. Thanks, Labs. We yeah. got to go, brother. That was great. Thank, thank All right, you. All right, fellas. Appreciate hey, you. Uh, Hey, and, uh, you know, if, if anybody knocks on your hotel room door on Saturday, don't answer. Right. Hide under the bed. <laughs> gotcha. All right. We'll be, All right, we'll be back. <laughs> uh, he's Wolf. I'm touching. You are in the locker room. Vince is a professional, okay? And if you would, every year he does something different and he comes back and people are like, well, Vince should be gone this year because he's not, and he comes back and not only is he the same, but he's acquired another skill. So people people don't understand, you know, Vince Williams is a very intelligent person. He has an English degree from Florida State. You know what I mean? He's got three kids. His wife really helps him out. You know, so those are just the person that Vince is. And that's why on the field, you know, he always sticks around. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, uh, what you didn't hear on that uh, uh, quote by Jerry, uh, Jerry Osaski uh, he loves football. He works on his weaknesses. And Vince has gotten a lot better every year. And uh, he's had a long and successful football career, and he's going to have it. You know, and uh, uh, it, it's – well, he comes back with yeah. a little bit of a nudge to his skill yeah. set, you yeah. know, whatever that might be. Uh, I like how Jerry frames that and talks about the fact that, um, you know, it's kind of like that you think you know, but you don't know. Right. Because 
he he keeps upping his game year by year. Right. We saw it early as a rookie. He has that bang, that downhill bang. We all love that. Yeah. But he, you know, it was taken advantage of in his rookie year, and so he's continued to add to his abilities, and he keeps working at his game. And that's what Vince Williams is, because he is a pro. Right. And and pros work at their game and their weaknesses. And yeah. so whatever is perceived as a weakness, he's going to attack and try to make that a strength. Right. Right. Uh, so. So uh, one of the questions Jerry Osaski was asked, who's going to wear the green dot? And, who, you know, who's going to – Right. Yeah. Let me say it's Devin. Yeah, I think it's going to be Vince. And They've one, already said Devin was going to be the simple, yeah, signal caller. Well, I, I think it's going to be Vince. And, uh, you know, uh, Jerry said that Mike Tomlin's going to decide. But I think it's going to Vince when he's on the field – and it's going to be Devin when he's off the when Vince is off the field. I because I he communicates way. well. Well, here's the whole thing about it. Um, you we can you know you they, can make the calls, but it's the primary secondary reactions that come right. when the offense gives you this look, that look, and fi- the final look is Rod Woodson called yeah, it. Okay, yeah. there's a final look, and one of the things that Mike Tomlin said from the get go was that Vince has a great ability to communicate and to make sure guys get lined up. Right. But he also spoke at the same period of time and time frame that Devin was going to be the signal caller. Now, maybe he's changed his mind. Yeah. And maybe there'll be, I don't know. But I do know that the reason that Mark Barron was not brought back was part of the reason was he didn't communicate like Vince did. So last year, uh, Jerry O said, we didn't communicate. Uh, We didn't do a good job in communicating. Uh, and it takes communicating. It, it took Ryan a year to f- find his voice, you know, and uh, sure. And it's a process. Uh, and it's then more than one too. Yeah. I mean, it takes you know the whole back end to communicate with the front end. Right. You know that sort of thing. You've got to transfer those calls. That's one of the things that you love about Minka. Minka yeah. made sure that everybody was on the same page, and I don't know that we've had that same sort of ability for a number of years. Yeah. You know, certainly not since Troy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, the lack of, you know, Troy just had a unique ability along with Ryan Clark. They stayed in constant yeah. communication. They were very good at covering for each other, well, especially Ryan covering for Troy. Because uh-huh. Troy was, you know, doing things that basically only Troy could do. Right, right. Um, what I love about Devin is the fact that he's growing into the role. He's got somebody that is a wise pro like Vince Williams playing right, right next to him. He's going to learn. So if he's, it's another year that, that uh, Vince has got the green dot, that's fine by me. Right, right. I'm just saying what I heard earlier, and if Devin uh, grows into the signal caller, but you've got Vince right next to him to make sure, okay, this is how we line up, this is what we're doing, blah, blah, blah. That's great too. Yeah, it's all it's all it's the same thing. Yeah, you know, get her just get on the same page. I I just like Vince because I know he communicates well and he barks. Uh, you know, he's barking out there. Well, it's not just the barking. You know, uh, he's one of those guys that brings the intensity. Right. You know, he ups the the stuff. I he I get a kick out of him. I'll see him on the on the sidelines. You know, and some of the things he. It's just uh, you know he's 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 got a little bit of a, a sly grin because he'll you know he'll just kind of up the game going on out there whatever it was when he you know? retires he wants to join us on our radio show 
I would love that. I want to get on scholarship. Yeah, there you go. He's already on scholarship. He has no idea how much. Uh, the the pay scale these days that's really scholarship, scholarship stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. But uh, what I love about Vince, he plays with a joy and an attitude that I think uh, number one rubs off on his teammates. Right. Um, he and Cam together create a pretty uh, intense leadership leadership skill set out there. Yeah. Yeah. So I I, I just love the guy. I I think he's just um, he's pretty aces in my book. Yeah. So uh, you know Marcus. Allen in the linebacker room. Uh, Jerry says that he's got high energy. He was a safety in college, and linebackers are getting smaller. Uh, Marcus, in his third year, uh, he is a professional. Marcus has a professional attitude, and uh, this is where he said Robert Spillane is a demon. Yeah, Yuli is good. Uh, Marcus in in the new room. It's interesting to me, um, looking at the fact, basically you got Vince, you got Devin, you got UG3, and you got Robert uh, Spillane. I keep wanting to say Mickey. Yeah. Um, and now Marcus, and I don't know you know, whether it's just dime, uh, nickel, that sort of thing, right. or if it's full time, but um, you've, you've really only got five guys there, four Right. That that are experienced to to some degree, and really, um, you got very little backup experience behind the first two. Yeah, yeah, uh, I I agree, but uh, um, that's why you need Vince. Oh the, well, yeah, but I'm saying as far as depth, though. I yeah. mean, I guess you know has UG three and and Robert Splane shown shown enough that uh, you feel comfortable going right. into the season with uh, these two guys as your backup, you know, and that's probably the question you got to get answered. Yeah. I think uh, Yuli, in my mind, I was one of the guys I was pointing to. Uh, he has had, um, I think he's had a good camp. Uh, he's got a ways to go, like Jerry yeah. said. Um, I, I saw him be highlighted in some pass coverage stuff. I thought, excellent. Uh, I saw him, uh, you know, with the, some of the run defense. Could have done a little bit better. Um, his he's for for such an explosive guy. I'd like to see him blitz a little bit better. Yeah, than what he does do. But um, you know, he's got that upward trajectory going on that Jerry talks about. So, uh, I hope he continues. Let's switch over to the other side, okay. offensive line. Uh, Kevin Dotson. Uh, you know, Kevin Dotson said, uh, "I like uh, going wherever they put me." Uh, you know, he, he, when he had his knee injury, Ben helped him off the field. Uh, he said it was a wake up call. Uh, and he was your knee injury, a wake up call. I mean, think about your rookie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was a wake up call. Right. You realize that, you know what? I'm, 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 I'm behind. Yeah. Well, not only that, you realize that, you know, this is, there's nothing guaranteed. You know, back in the day, think about it. We were 10 foot tall and bulletproof. You know, we come from successful college programs. We had some success there. I didn't come from a successful college program. Did they have a football program there? Yeah. Yeah. They, hey, you had a bulldozer that was going to make a a grandstand on the other side there for like 20 years. But you thought they were. See? So that's, that's successful. They, they, you know, The the one side was concrete and steel, and the other side was like a high school football uh, stance. And they said that they're going to make that like the other one. What a recruiting tool. And and, and And we're going to make it just like a horseshoe. A horseshoe. (laughs) 
<laughs> and they 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 had the they lied to you, Chalooch. They they, they they had the uh, uh, steamroller out there and yeah, uh, the, the bulldozer. The, yeah, bulldozer. Ready to there. bulldozer. Yeah, yeah. And it never yeah. happened. Right. But the fact of the matter was, you know, you're from those successful pro, decently su- yeah. successful programs. Yeah. Syracuse had fallen, by the way. But the point is, you think, well, football's just going to go on. Yeah. But then you get that knee injury, and all of a sudden you go, hmm. Yeah. Nothing's guaranteed. All right. We're going to take a break, uh, and we're going to f- uh, close out the show. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch, and you are in the locker room. Really, I'm just going wherever they plug me in. Uh, just try to adapt to any situation. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, Kevin Dodson was put in in the scrimmage uh, Friday. Was it Friday night or Saturday? What's, uh, Friday night. Friday night, yeah. yes. And uh, you know he seems like he want you know he seems like he wants to play. Uh, they they threw him into the live scrimmage. Uh, he said it gets your heart pumping, and uh, I you know he, what was it yesterday? Just yesterday he was in. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Was he in there Friday too? I can't remember. Yeah, he was. He was okay. Practicing Friday. All right. Yesterday, um, the thing was he was significant yesterday. He was at the ones. Had that opportunity to talk about life in the fast lane. That's yeah. moving up fast. Yeah. Uh, but he didn't look out of place. You know, the thing that I, I watched him, you know, you saw him go one-on-ones. He looked good in the one-on-ones. After the first one, he kind of lost, it looked like. But we're across the field, so it's hard to tell. Yeah. But then he looked like he won like half a dozen in a row. Yeah. I mean, and he just looked strong. He looked pretty fierce and uh, intense. Uh, had a nice throwdown. You know how you get a guy off balance and you throw him down? Yeah. Oh, he had a powerful throw down on Car- Carlos Davis. That was nice. Yeah. Um, so I look at this young man, and uh, for practice, for as little practice as he's had, he's shown some excellent ability and um, a fierceness and intensity and an intentionality to be better. Watching him, I'm I'm excited about what I've seen from Kevin Dotson. You know, it's like I said yesterday. He's no Subaru. He's a Dotson baby. Yeah, you know <laughs> when he was asked, um, uh, "Woulda, coulda, shouldas," he said, "I don't like woulda, coulda, shouldas. Uh, I can make an impact, whatever happens. Uh, you know, get down where 
were going through your mind. And right. Yeah. He's he's. Yeah. And uh, I look at him, and one of the other things that he, he talked about was, look, I don't want to be out very long. Right. He says, my dad, you know, my dad calls me every day or every other yeah, day. Yeah, he's a Steeler fan. Yeah, he's a big Steelers fan, and, you know, he says he, he keeps up, and, you know, I'm very close to my family, which I love, because let's face it, you need family support. Yeah. You're going through, this is a little rigorous time. It's good to have family support. But he says, you know, I'm talking to my dad. My dad is always about, like, pushing me, and, and you know, I don't want to be seen as a guy that, uh, you know, trying to the easy route or, yeah. you know, uh, he's injured and he's out for too long. You can see, you know, I mean, we always knew, Coach Noel always talked about number one is you got to know the difference between pain and injury. And number two is the highly motivated guys tend to come back faster than the lesser motivated guys. He appears to be highly motivated. And he looks to be one of those guys that really believes that he can um, come out and, and, you know, show his talents and get after it. And I, I think I'm all for it because he does look good. Yeah, you know, when it happened, he, you know, when he got when, hurt. When he got doinked? Yeah, yeah, when he got hit, he said, uh, I was truly scared because of the pain. Yeah. And I thought it was worse than it was. Uh, and, and, you know, when if yeah, after I started walking and started getting better, it, it eased my mind. Yeah. Yes, and there's no doubt about it. And of course, what was really cool was, you know, Ben went over and helped him off. Yeah. And I, he was one of the two guys that, you know, put an arm around him. But you know what? That's what leadership looks yeah. like. That's what, you know, somebody come along and say, hey, listen, calm down. It's okay. You, you might be kicking yourself. You might be thinking, yeah. oh, I can't believe this happened. And, you know, Ben, I'm sure just said, Relax, okay. You know, we'll, we'll, you, you just settle down. And you, we'll see where you're at. And for Kevin, um, you know, the, the opportunities that he's got here, he he looks like a Pittsburgh Steeler yeah. guard. He doesn't want to. He said, "I don't want to look soft." No, nah. exactly. I don't play. I yeah, play. I love that. When was the last time you you, you heard somebody say, "I don't want to look like I'm soft"? Yeah, yeah. Well, I love that. You know, I mean, he's aggressive. He's intense. He wants to be a part of the. The moving forward to be right. a part of that team, and I, I'll tell you what, for a guy, yesterday he had uh, three times he pulled on a yeah. trap, looked like a 15 G, you know, one of the kickouts. Um, one was very good, one was pretty good, and one wasn't very good. But you know what? Watching him run, the kid can run. Uh, he's got to deliver more of a blow at times, but he, you know what? That's that's a process of learning to time it up and get the proper knee bend. But he certainly is not. Um, he's certainly one of those guys that's going to try to tear your head off. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love that about about him. He's got that physicality where he really wants to, um, you know, make your body move in a way that maybe you don't want it to right, from right. the blow. You yeah. know what I mean? He, uh, and so uh, one of the questions he was asked, who's taking you under your wing in that offensive right. lineman? He said, everybody. Yeah. Everybody's taking me under their wing. And yes. it, it sounds like uh, us, you know, because – Everyone took us under their ring. There, when, there's no question. When, you know, when we were rookies in yep. '80. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whether Mike Webster was laughing at me or yeah, well, maybe, or pointing out something, you know, he was helping me or John Kolb. Yeah, you know, uh, Sam Davis, Larry Brown. I mean, we just had a great group of guys. Right. Um, Steve Corson was so gifted and so uh, so out strong. There. Yeah, and so out there. Um, four you know, <laughs> four six forty. Yeah, absolutely. And, and two eighty five, no less. And and he could dunk a basketball. Six one two eighty five. He, but we, he couldn't take off on one. No, foot. no. But he, you know what? He could three sixty and dunk with two hands. Yeah. That's how powerful he was. Yeah, but what, one of the things that when he would break away, we're playing basketball yeah, in the, he, in the he, winter. He put the brakes on. 
Bert and then he'd be like Fred to. Flintstone, yeah, yeah. you know, with the, with the old Flintstone cars there. Yeah. But uh, he was such a phenomenal uh, athlete, so strong. Remember when we were uh, we were in New York? Maybe that was before you came back. And no. on the day of the game, yeah, I was there. Were you there? That then, was the second year. All right. Yeah. No, it was the first year. No, well, he went on and squatted. He squatted like 600 pounds yeah, the day of the, the game. game. Yeah. I was like going, are you kidding me? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. But the fact was Steve was a unique animal. Yeah, yeah. You know, and there was nobody, yeah. nobody like Steve. All right, we have run out of time. Jacob, as usual, you do a great job. Uh, God bless you, brother. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. We're waiting on Stan Saverin, and you have been in the locker room.